Well, hi to all of you, and happy fall, unless you happen to live in this southern hemisphere, in which case, happy spring. And today, I want to talk to you about one of my grandchildren. All grandparents are entitled to do that every once in a while. Mine are still young, so I have lots of stories yet to tell, I'm sure. My granddaughter is only five, and I was out to visit them in Denver in the spring, in May when she was still four and in her four-year-old preschool class. Now, this little girl is the absolute embodiment of joy. And we all know that joy, being an aspect of love, is the opposite of fear. You cannot be joyful and fearful at the same time. And she is a very joyful little girl and a fearless little girl. <laughs> so, anyway, I have to tell you a little bit about her to make our point for the day. At one point, it was time for her mother and I to go pick the kids up from school. So as you may or may not know, children have to be signed out from <laughs> practically a prison to get them out of school anymore. So Although I had been there a day or two, every time she saw me, she was just thrilled. So as we walked up, she started running as fast as she could with her hair flying behind her and her arms outstretched, just hollering, my grandma's here, my grandma's here. And she just kept going up to everybody and saying, my grandma's here. And you might say, well, she was really excited to see you. <laughs> and no doubt she was. But that's the way she is about everything. So it's not so much that I was causing her joy. Her joy was present, and I just happened to appear in the midst of it. To give you an example of how I know that for sure, oh, a couple of months before that, I sent a text to my son, her father, who is impossible to reach. So sometimes I try to reach him during his driving home in the late afternoon time. Of course, everybody else is trying to reach him then too, so I'm not often successful. But on this particular occasion, he called me right back and said he was home. And I inquired as to why he was home so early. Well, my daughter-in-law had taken my grandson to his music lesson, and she thought that Avery might have had a little sore throat, and she therefore didn't want to leave her with one of the neighbors, so Nelson came home early to take care of her. And about the time he had announced all that, he put his phone on speakerphone, and it turns out she was in the bathtub with his oversight. And once we were on the speakerphone, she said, Grandma, guess what? In that wonderful, joyful voice. And I said, what? And she said, I've got syrup in my hair. <laughs> As if this was the most marvelous, exciting thing that she could possibly announce. And I thought, well, I can see why she would have syrup in her hair because it's impossible for her to stay still. She runs and she jumps and she climbs and she takes the pillows off the sofa down in the family room and slides and hides and so on. And her mother tries valiantly to keep her hair in pigtails and ponytails and barrettes and rubber bands and I don't know what all else. In any event, there's so much activity that none of those things stay. So I'm sure when she eats and all that hair is falling in her because it's, it's very, very long. Well, just no telling what else besides syrup might be in her hair. But in any case, I love the fact that it doesn't matter if it's grandma, 
or syrup in her hair, she's delighted. So we have the option to stay delighted as well if we only knew we could. We think we can only be joyful if certain things happen. That's not the case. Joy is our natural inheritance. So besides being gorgeous and smart, like all grandparents think their grandchildren are, and that's the way she is, she's also fearless, determined, single-minded, I'm really glad I'm the grandmother and not the parents. They're going to have a really interesting ride for the next 15 years or so as she grows up with all that fearlessness. So to give you an example, several months ago, her teacher reported that two little boys in the class were having an altercation of some kind. So my granddaughter just marches right into the middle of whatever is going on. And to the aggressor, she speaks and says, and this is not his real name, we'll just call him Freddy. Freddy, look at his face, pointing to the other little boy. His face is telling you how he feels, and proceeds right on to complete her conflict resolution between these little kids right on the spot. The teacher was pretty blown away, but When you're fearless, not only are you joyful, but you also have access to your own wisdom. And she certainly displayed it at that time. Now, we all have this joy and this wisdom and this fearlessness built in and it's programmed right out of us as we tighten and harden and our defenses come up because of pain that occurs in our early years and no one escapes that. It's only a matter of degree. And yet there's hope for those of us who are adults. Certainly that's what both A Course in Miracles and our See How Life Works series is for, is to help us return to a place of joy. So now that we know about my granddaughter, I want to give you hope by telling you about an experience that I had some years ago with a marvelous return to joy. And these are all from the Denver era where I lived for 27 years, so lots of things happened there. A friend had brought in a woman whom I consider the most talented healer I've ever met. And her healing was very unorthodox. So you could sign up for private sessions with her, which of course I did always wanting to experiment with each new thing that comes down the pike. I went in for my session and she announced what would happen. She said, okay, you're going to lie on the floor on this futon and I am going to be leaning over you, not touching the body, making movements in what appears to be thin air, a foot or two over your body. And she said, I'm going to be making very strange angular shapes, you might say, with my arms where they're going to twist at the elbow and at the wrist and at the shoulder. And not to be alarmed that somehow this is some method by which she is channeling energy from, I don't know, a galaxy far, far away or something. And she said, I'm going to go in the other room to initiate this process because it looks a little bizarre and sometimes it frightens people. So I'm not going to do that in front of you. I mean, this is sounding stranger and stranger all the time, but okay, I'm up for anything. So she does leave the room for a few minutes, returns, looking perfectly normal. I'm lying on my futon. She does indeed what she said. And she also said, by the way, I won't be saying a word while this is going on. So for about 
30 minutes or so. I'm having a little rest on the floor. She's making these strange movements over my body. I'm not feeling a thing. So I think, well, I don't know what's happening, but I presume it's all good. But at the end of her session, she repeated a little blessing or a little invocation. And somewhere in there, she used the word flame, F-L-A-M-E, flame. And when she said that word, because I had had an experience with, shall we say, the fire of the Holy Spirit a year or so earlier, that triggered a very peculiar experience. I did not know that word was such a trigger. I knew the experience had been life-changing, but I didn't know that just that word would do anything. But when she said it, something started happening in my feet and a kind of energy moved slowly, not just that rush through the nervous system, but more slowly up through the body. And when it got to the top of my head, I involuntarily sat up. All of a sudden, some kind of energy, we will call it life itself, is moving my body. I'm not moving my body. I don't know what's going to happen next. So I sit up and I start doing yoga positions. And since I know yoga, I recognize them as they were happening. All the things that you can do with stretching and with your legs and arms and leaning over and so on from a seated position. This is very bizarre to have your body move, but that's a place that we all can get to where the interference of our defenses and our ego mind are set aside and life is moving your body. It's just an amazing experience. And here's what's most marvelous of all, is that it was accompanied by an amazing state of joy. I had become my granddaughter, although, of course, at that time, I didn't have a granddaughter. My children were still young. In any event, all the way through this experience, it's as if a thought kept running like the banner that goes across your television screen or something when it's announcing a storm about to arrive into your area. And the thought was, I am a flame of joy in the heart of God. And how in the world did I ever forget this? It was so primal and so pure and so clear. There's no way to describe the clarity of that experience. And I kept thinking, but this is what I am. This is what everybody is. How do we possibly ever forget this? And by the time about another 20 minutes or so had passed, my normal consciousness had returned. But you never, ever forget an experience like that. It's as if a preview of coming attractions a preview of previous attractions, a window into this is what we really are all the time without our defenses built in at that physical, emotional, and intellectual level. It's as if it's a preview that says, continue on, do your work, look at the things you need to let go of because this is your reward. And let me tell you, it is a reward worth working for. So the net of all this is this incredible sense of clear, loving joy is our birthright 
It's who we are. It's what we are. It's always present. It doesn't disappear. Our attention disappears. It doesn't disappear. And the purpose of our series, the purpose of A Course in Miracles, the purpose of any valid spiritual practice is to clear the debris out of the way, to allow our defenses to gradually disappear so that once again, that joy that is inherent in everything, everyone, every moment is back clearly and centrally in our awareness once again. Bye.